This is a podcast from Rover. What an absolute treat it is to have on the show. A bloke that I've had in my ear holes for over the last about seven months. It's been weird being on the other side of it. Normally people come up to me and be like, I'm listening to the radio show. You're in my ear holes every yeah. afternoon. Uh, Ryan Wolf, uh, he's an actor, lawyer, true crime podcast, absolute beast. Welcome to the show, mate. Hey, guys. How are you? We're very we're, good. Yeah, we're really good. Well rested, you know. Uh, minds are at ease. Not really any bad people after <laughs> us that we're aware of. Probably the complete opposite to you, I would say. Yeah, you can probably tell from looking at me. I'm pretty tired at the moment. <laughs> um, it's been a hell of a last few months. I'll say that, you know, from early morning till till I go to sleep and then dreaming about this case. So it's nonstop. So just to, to back it out, for people that have never listened to the podcast, uh, I guess the first yeah. question would be was, um, you were a lawyer, and then you've almost parked that to do this podcasting. But what was it that got you into the podcast? And what was it that piqued your interest to the point where you went out and bought your own kit and started doing this investigation and then recording it to produce it out? Yeah, so so with law, you know, I did my law degree and did my, we call it the profs, which is the bar exam kind of thing, became a lawyer, but I didn't actually go into practice. So, But it was always something that I've sort of had there as a safety net. But it always gave me a bit of an, an interest, obviously, in the legal system and everything to do with it. And yeah, the podcast connection, it just came because I kind of got into podcasts like you guys probably are. And there was a few investigative ones, which I really liked because I felt, you know, there's people out there making a difference and it felt like it was worthwhile to listen to. And I always thought I could probably make one. And there was this case about Jordan Vidori, the, the Pido pizza man, and it had always bothered me. And I didn't start it with any plans of trying to make money or anything like that. I just thought, I wonder if I could make a difference in this case. And I literally just went and bought some piece of equipment with no idea what I was doing. (laughs) And I remember just walking off the street into this lady's store and Viv Leonard's store and asked the first question. And that was just rolled from there. And now 18 months later, yeah, it is where it is. So, um, Let's chat about that journey at the very start because the first series is incredible and I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts and in my humble opinion, you're doing the best job of it. There's another bloke out of Australia that I bloody enjoy. Headley Thomas has done some incredible work as well. Um, But I think you just hit the ground running and the the job that you did on that first one is just incredible. And I guess the question is, when did you know that you were going to go that deep? Because anybody can read out some case notes on a crime that's been committed, but you have gone so, so deep. Yeah, I mean, people that know me know I'm kind of one of these people that if I do something, I do it. Um, I don't go halfway, and it's <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse at times. But, yeah, I guess, um, you know, once, once I started going down the rabbit hole, you're just going that little bit further and a bit further, and I didn't plan on going that deep, but I also didn't. I don't know. I really, there's no answer. I just sort of went for it. Um, and and just um you know when you start sort of uncovering some things and you get out there and you speak to people and you find out maybe the sort of narrative isn't quite what people thought um you know i've learned a lot about yeah i mean how the criminal system works in terms of witnesses and police and um but yeah uh, answer to the question is um yeah i I didn't know i was going to go that deep but but yeah Again, here I am. When you started pulling on those threads um, and stuff really started to unravel in your hands, I mean, you go into it and you have got your uh, probably your arterial questions, the main ones that you're going to be asking, and then capillaries all split off of that, and then it just goes, how do you know which way to follow it? Because I'm assuming that the people that you're talking to, 
aren't necessarily the most honest, upstanding citizens when you're talking about missing case, you know, missing or people disappearing. You're going to be talking to some fairly colourful characters. So how do you filter what's trustworthy and what's worth pursuing? Because uh, they might be trying to throw you off the whole time. Or do you just have to run down every dead end and go, well, that was shit, and then spin around <laughs> and walk all the way back out of it and go down another one? Yeah, I mean, a bit of all of those things. Um, you know, one thing I've learned is, Actually, a big thing I've learned doing this is that people often write off some people as not trustworthy or whatever. And I think that's the the mistake police make a lot of the time is that someone's past or whatever means they're not worthy of listening to. And it turns out that, that you know, that's that's a mistake to think that. But of course, you know, they do lie to protect themselves sometimes. And, and there is some filtering there. And one thing I have learned is that I didn't have as good a lie detector as I thought I did. Um you know, it, yeah, so it's, um, I normally have a sort of base set of questions I want, and normally those are out the window in the first sort of 30 seconds. <laughs> and, you know, because th- there's always something that you didn't expect. You, you know, you've kind of, I'll have my diary sit, sitting there with all my questions, and then it literally, I'm off of it by the, after the first one, because they'll say something and you just go, boom, like, holy, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. People say that it's kind of, I seem to have a skill for it. I'm not really sure, but people seem to like to talk to me. And, you know, and it's amazing. If you ask someone something and really listen to them, people like to talk, you know, not often in, in someone's life does someone actually look them in the eyes and say, hey, tell me what you've got to say and I'll listen to everything. With, uh, in series one was um, Jordan and he unfortunately got uh, shot out the back of his uh, pizza shop in Paidoa. Um, once you started digging deep on that, and obviously Paidoa is not a big place, once people know that you're there, does your inbox then light up and then you're just like, holy shit, this is where we're, I mean, that was the first time that would have happened, right? So that must have been kind of exciting to know that you were getting a lot of traction. Yeah, it was really quite surreal because at the beginning when I first started it, right, like I didn't, you know, it's like, oh, five downloads today, you know, but I didn't care. But then it was like, oh, shit, you know, that one got 200 downloads in a day. And then, yeah, and then suddenly you're getting messages from all over the place. And that's when I kind of realized, like, whoa, this is this is really happening now. And people are coming forward with new information. Um, yeah, it is surreal. And I mean, now, like, I just have hundreds of emails at the moment. And it's really hard because everyone's piece of the puzzle is important to them, you know, whether it's actually important or not. And you know, you have to get back to everyone, and it, and it can be it can be pretty tough. But um, yeah, it was very surreal when that all started happening. When you start digging around and um, sort of flipping over a few stones, people get uncomfortable about it. People that have thought that this has been and gone, or um, possibly even get excited if their loved ones or family members wanting a, a little bit of closure that they possibly have otherwise haven't had. And then I guess there's one side of it, which is probably the criminal element. And then the other side of it is the legal element. There is a lawyer and there's a whole bunch of police that worked on this and they think that they've got the job done right. And who are you to be questioning what it is that they've done and the work that they've done? Because it throws the whole thing into disrepute, I suppose. So you're sitting there and you're sitting there with a foot on either side. None of them good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was saying this to my wife yesterday. I was like, fuck, you know, there's a lot of people. I'm not making many friends. Um, But yeah, it's, I sort of, you know, I don't go out there thinking, you know, the police have done it wrong or whatever, but I just think sometimes, you know, there's often when police look at a case, they get a bit of confirmation bias and they pick a person and then they fit that case to the person. But I kind of look at it, you know, you go out there and and speak to everyone and yeah, people do get pissed off. Um, 
you ruffle some feathers because straight away you'll get that oh why the fuck are you bringing this up again yeah. i don't i probably say i can't swear can i but no, um, go for you know why are you bringing this up again and then mostly i find family are sort of hesitant to get too hopeful um but they sort of sit back and just cross their fingers you know um but yeah police i i don't really deal with them a lot but i know that they sort of i know they listen to the podcast and so they probably should and and I, i've heard they do follow up things behind me and yeah. hey there's no doubt that and they've, they've told me this themselves that look like people are more likely to tell me things than they are to the police exactly it's just a natural you know especially in the sort of underworld you know there's a there's a code of conduct in that world and they're not going to tell the police and i can tell you right now in this current season you know which you've listened to and it's pretty massive stuff these guys have all told me there's no way they would have told the police and that's why the police well i mean yeah i won't get into it but i mean i think they did know but but that's why um you know it's never really come out do you get those sketchy humans that you've um, been speaking to it is sketchy humans. Those interesting individuals that you've been having these conversations with. <laughs> uh, have you ever got yourself into a bit of a situation where you go, maybe I've exposed myself a little bit too much. I've become a little bit too matey matey. They possibly know uh, where the pressure points are on me and they know that I've got a wife and they know where I live. And have you had any kind of, um, I guess, sketchy interactions that have made you go, geez, I might have really overrived here? Yeah, and um, you know, I mean, hey, like, I mean, you guys have listened to, you've both listened to the whole season three. I mean, you know, there's, um, it's no joke this one, and there are people out there that, you know, there's bad guys still out there. But you know, I have had a couple moments when there was one particular moment I remember, I remember thinking, you know, shit, man, what have you got yourself into here? You're like, you're in this random spot with these people you don't even know. Um, no one even knows you're here, and. I started packing a big knife with me after that, like when I would go to in interviews, just you never, never know what might happen. Um, but I've learned, I've sort of, yeah, it's kind of the risk you sort of have to take though. You know, you they they respect you if you get in there and get your hands dirty. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you've got to get out and meet them face to face. Otherwise, you know, you're not going to get that respect and they're not going to speak to you. I mean, like you would have heard that last interview in um, season three, you know, I literally, someone said to me, don't go and meet that guy, man. Like that's not a good idea. And but then some underworld character put me in touch with a guy called the Russian, and I was like, Jesus, man, this is getting crazy now. Um, the security expert, and um, but you know that interview it didn't kind of go to plan. But um, yeah, yeah, it's it's it gets pretty hairy, um, but it's kind of just what you have to do. Someone's got to do it. The let's ch let's chat more about the Russian. Um, so he <laughs> let's just let's just zoom out a little bit for the Russian. So because the, <laughs> the idea of the Russian is a bloody great idea, and ignorance is probably bliss in, in some respect. But you don't really have ignorance when you have all of these people within the community telling you that this particular person is a bad motherfucker and stay away from him. So when the the idea of the Russian, um, you know, pops up, that's obviously uh, something that you're going to take. What is the process and explain what the Russian did? Well, I mean, straight away it was a red flag when someone suggested using this guy called the Russian, <laughs> you know, and I was like, yeah, that was another moment when I thought, bloody hell, man, like, who's this guy? you know like sounds like some kind of mafia figure yeah and then so i spoke to him and sort of his process was he would take control of this whole meeting situation and it involved like 
free wrecking the sites, multiple different interview locations, and it would only be chosen at the last minute, um, like full on, like to the full limit of what he could do. Uh, and, you know, checking for weapons and all that kind of thing. And um, so, yeah, he sort of just prepared that he was going to take control of that. But because, you know, that interview, um, you know, it didn't end up happening. But yeah, so he, he was just, I don't know, like I never got to experience it firsthand, but it was just, um, yeah, that he would just take control of everything, the site. And apparently I've heard that this guy is like a Terminator, um, you know, like, I've heard the stories of him taking out whole rugby teams or something. <laughs> <laughs> did that make, did that process going on in the background? Well, the, well, it wasn't the background for you, but. Did that, in the end, did that leave you feeling more confident about the interview or would you have rather gone in without the Russian? Nah, in the end, I felt, I would not, I would, yeah, I, I would have felt, um, I felt much better having the Russian. I thought, you know, that I was probably going to be okay. But it also was concerning that I needed the Russian as well. Like, you know, that, that this is something that bad dudes were telling me, well, bad dudes were saying I needed, you know, that was when I was getting, I needed to be worried because, these are tough dudes that I'm dealing with and they were telling me to be careful, you know, and that's when I, that's when I was a bit concerned. Yeah. This, but, um, I'd use the Russian again. I'm sure it won't be the only time I speak to him. Well, not yeah. in your line of work now. I think you're, um, you, you well and truly down the rabbit hole and, and I don't think it'll be the last <laughs> time. Um, and just on that as well, cause we're not going to give to talk about too much, um, like any of the specifics from the podcast, cause we want people to go and listen to them. And once you start, you won't yep. stop like myself. Um, but, was there um, plenty more things in the background about that particular person you were going to be interviewing that didn't make it to the podcast? So I, we, you know, you get bits and pieces of he's had a pretty checkered past, but was there a bunch of other stuff that maybe hearsay or other stories that were all lining up that really made you nervous about that particular interview? Tons. Yeah. Lots. <laughs> um, you know, a lot that will be yet to come out. It's, um, it would blow your mind, really. It's you know this this has kind of got to the point. It, it feels like a movie, but then I was like, you know, to be honest, a movie wouldn't this wouldn't be believable. Um, the story, there's a lot more to go yet in this story, and yeah, it's unfolding right now. You know, I was supposed to be taking a break right now, but I've been speaking on the phone for hours every day. Um, you know, in the next couple of weeks, it's this is gonna it's gonna blow up, I think, um, and hopefully in a good way. But yeah, the, this guy, he, um, yeah, he's got a checkered past to say the least. So do you? It's, this is going to be open ended. You just keep going because you can't say. And that's where I got to. Thank you very much. Um, if anything, and then I found twenty dollars. Yep. <laughs> there you go. So you've got to basically <laughs> roll with it. And probably the more exposure it gets, the more people's memories get jogged, the more conversations that they've heard. Particularly um, when you're mixing with uh, probably a criminal element, and the amount of talk that happens uh, inside. Uh, prisons and inside clubhouses and that sort of stuff where it's never been said outside of it. And then you get a person that thinks, ah, well, it's been a few years, so I might as well um, might as well let the cat out of the bag because I'm sort of arm's length away from it now. Well, this person's passed away, so they can't go away for it. Um, and then it just, yeah, yeah. once you pick that scab, the, the probably bleeding doesn't stop for quite some time. Yeah, and, and that's why um, that's why I released those four last episodes in one hit to subscribers because I just I wanted to get it all out there in one go so it didn't drip feed because i was hoping that you know people could hear okay shit there are people that are talking now and you to you know remove that sort of fear and since i did that 
yeah, there's been so many people contact, you know, some of the biggest revelations are yet to come. Um, you know, gang members contacting me saying, look, I don't even know why I'm getting in touch with you, but you know, here I am. Okay, so yes. the ca- the case that um, we're kind of referring to at the moment is the uh, the Swedish backpacker one, which is Heidi and Sven, who went missing uh, on the Coromandel in 1989. What after you drop those four episodes, because um, this has gained a lot of traction now. I think you're over two million, probably three million downloads now for this. So people across the globe um, heavily invested in this story, and the amount of reach that you've had is only going to get bigger. And you know, and hopefully we can help with that coming on the show as well. Um, what does your inbox inbox look like in the, in, in the 48 hours? After after those episodes dropped yeah yeah i mean normally i'm someone who i always I, I can't stand having the little red circle of like an unread email and i mean right now i've got 102 unread emails and i don't get spam because i don't subscribe to anything so those are all emails that i need to get to you know they're, they're not necessarily all going to be new witnesses but a lot of them people coming forward with different stories because it was in the in the paper the other day out at the coromandel on the front page of their paper and that's hit a whole nother sort of mainstream market that the podcast hasn't hit so yeah it's it's non-stop and i'm at the moment i'm having to say to people look i i do care but i just i need a week to get back to you um so yeah it, it is crazy and this season has just been huge and so i appreciate all the support of everyone so much because without without everyone you know this doesn't happen and um let's also uh it goes without saying say thank you to your wife as well because she has put up with yeah. probably a reasonably uh or she's now left him yeah <laughs> absent ryan yeah, wolf for gone. the last 18 months two years yeah. uh how many hours are you putting into the are you yeah how many months oh. has this particular season been how many hours a day i know there was a reference to being 20 hours straight in one of the last episodes that you dropped yeah well um <clears throat> i sort of estimate that you know like some people like they have a podcast they're so lucky they sort of sit down talk to a person and then boom upload it but for me i think for about every minute i've estimated it's probably a minute of it like podcast is worth about an hour of of work so if you hear a 50 minute episode there was probably about 50 hours that went into that yeah. but it's actually probably more than that mm. um you know and i when i'm working on on the case it's literally non-stop you know i don't really you don't really take breaks because you just sort of can't it's you know you realize when you're working on something so important you know and and i can't switch my mind off i can't suddenly just be in a happy mood oh you know let's let's go play golf for the day like that's just not you know it's just always running through my mind and yet (laughs) it drives my wife a bit crazy but is she invested like she's your sounding board she wants to hear everything like she's helping um with the theories and stuff yeah i mean i run stuff past her for sure and and um and yeah she she's fully invested as well yeah i mean she's actually annoyed at the moment because she's like man like because we've just got a baby six months old and so it's you know she's kind of having to to um carry most of the weight there so she hasn't really she's like man i haven't even heard these new episodes she knows all about it but she hasn't actually heard um, but yeah, she's fully invested as well. I mean, and you kind of have to be. If she wasn't, then this wouldn't work. And I guess a good note to finish on would be because um, the latest season is called Finding Heidi, and um, Sven was obviously um, found in 1991 and 92, I think it was from memory. And um, that's the idea at the end of this podcast you find Heidi. How confident are you of finding Heidi? Yeah, so, you know, like I, I think. I think we will be able to find her, um, but you know it could take time. You know there are a number of locations that are of interest, 
but they're not, you know, not we're not just sort of randomly searching. You know, there's reasons to look in these spots. But, you know, we went and did our first search a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, I did realize sort of the enormity of what we're trying to do and what you're really looking for after that period of time. But all that all we were thinking, you know, and all I was thinking is, you know, like if we don't do it, no one will, you know, mm. and, and her, <clears throat> her remains will lie out there, you know, and that's just not good enough. So, you know, I think the team that we have, I loved seeing their passion, you know, and then they're already talking about the next searches and I, I need to build that because I can't do it all on my own, you know, so it's, it's great to have that support. But I think I think we can find it, but it's just we need to keep this ball rolling and, um, you know, and the truth will come out. And, uh, and oh, yeah, that was the other question I was going to ask. And ha- how many people do you think know what actually happened to her? Do you think it's one or do you think there's quite a few people that know that are keeping tight, tight-lipped? In terms of the actual like location of where she is, that could be very limited to only a couple people. What people that know the truth of what actually happened in this would blow your mind a lot. A lot of people from Fongmata have known the truth about this for, for 34 years and wow. have just stayed quiet on it. Oh, man. Um, you know, and it doesn't help. David Tamahedi, you know, he was a bad guy, you know, and he was easy for people to to accept that, you know, that even if they knew that the truth wasn't out there, well, David Tamahedi's a bad guy anyway, so who cares? Mm. You know, but I mean, that's that's not really what it's about, is it? I mean, there's someone else out there running around and, and it's about justice and yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that answered your question. Well, it, do, it does. And and with that in mind, I mean, it's kind of a catch-22. Like I said earlier on, it does expose you. When this person is out there and probably the, the narrower the scope gets and the closer to the crosshairs they get, the closer to the crosshairs they probably want to put you. So do you fear for yourself and fear for your family? I mean, you're, you've got a young kid and you've got a missus and you kind of nested up. And does that play on your mind yeah. at all? Yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, that's that's got to be a consideration. And, you know, I mean, there's no real way around that. I mean, if someone does want to come for me, and I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be people out there that aren't happy with me. But at the end of the day, this is just about the truth. And, and you know, if that means someone has to come get me because, you know, I don't know, I just sort of think it's just something you just sort of have to put out of your mind a little bit. Um, but, yeah, it is a concern. It is a concern, but um, there are other people putting more at risk, witnesses in, in this, that are putting that are risking much more than what I am. And, you know, I always just think it's kind of selfish of me to think about my own safety. I mean, when you, you imagine, like, the fear that these, this couple went through in their final moments, you know, it's, I don't know. It, it's a, it is, I do, it is a, a concern, but... Yeah, it just sort of has to be there, and you just sort of manage your own security, I guess, and yeah. oh, hang out with the Russian, hang <laughs> out and become best mates with the Russian. Yeah, um, and, um, yeah, might, yeah. And um, as far as the, the people that you've had on as part of the podcast that have given you know their pieces of the story, have any of them said? Because I found it interesting that all the way along, nobody's asked to have their voice changed, and they're quite happy for their voice to be on there which I think is quite powerful as well because it obviously makes them, um, I guess, more trustworthy. You know, they're not hiding anything. Yeah, I mean, it's never – 
I, you know, I always offer it to people if they want anonymous or to use an actor or something like that, because for me too, it's really important that, that the people I speak to and that are on the podcast, you know, are generally comfortable about it. Some people aren't and that's sort of, but it just has to be what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, Darren Old, for example, I mean, his episode came out today to people that are listening, um, the free listeners. And I said to him, I was like, look, do you want to change, you know, use a, use a different name or what do you want to do? And he said, no, nah, man. He's like, look, at the end of the day, um, you know, I, he said, I, I want to be honest about everything. And, it, and I think that includes me putting my name out there. You know, we shouldn't be hiding everything, you know, and. You know, he and he he's like, look, if this if this guy wants to come for me, then he's like, so be it. But I think he's held on to this for so long that that he's just ready to to put it out there and and some of the other people too. Right, no. hey mate. Well, f- first and foremost, congratulations. Like Dunk said, um, you feel that you are doing the best um, best of the bunch at the moment, and 100%. it's impressive to be you know the the level in which you're doing it. I know that you're bootstrapping everything yourself, and that. Um, it does help yep. if people are subscribing. So by all means, check it out. And like Dunk said, it is, it is like meth for your ears. Oh, you know? honestly, highly addictive. <laughs> this is that in particular uh, season three, Finding Heidi is one of the most, like, probably the gnarliest thing as far as true crime that I've ever listened to. Like the twists, the turns, everything you thought you knew about the case, uh, you didn't. And like obviously, there's a few more twists and turns to come, which is. Extremely exciting, and I think we're all just hoping that um, you can crack it. And it sounds like you know you creep closer with every episode that is released. So yeah, well done, mate. It's a mm. fucking ripping listen. Yeah, no, I, pre- I appreciate that, boys. And you know, thanks, thanks for the support. And yeah, anyone that listens to it, and you know, every listen of an ad or subscribing, that literally goes to making the investigation happen. So everyone's doing their little part just by listening, and you know. I try to make it as entertaining as possible, but but you know, walk that line of not drifting into dramatization too much, you know. So it's but yeah, no, nah, thanks, appreciate it.